Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. Welcome to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today we don't have any guests, but we got a lot of the various articles to cover. I uh, want to talk a little bit about Janikowski uh, being asked to take a pay cut, uh, Lamar Jackson, back-to-back Heisman potential. Uh, there's some. Co- there was an article in uh, Sports Illustrated about the case for changing the transfer rule they'd like to go over. Um, the Lions had revoked a season ticket holder due to an Instagram post against a black couple sitting down for the national anthem and using a racial slur. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Okay, well, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, some recently in, on Yahoo it showed uh, these five kids getting kicked off of their football team for posting a photo wearing white hoods and burning a cross and holding a Confederate flag. Oh, boy. Can you believe that? Uh, there, there were some, actually some very interesting comments on, uh, on, on the Yahoo uh, that I wanted to go over. I thought the, the, the uh, people who wrote in made, a, made an interesting uh, uh, you know, analysis of it. And then uh, good old Colin Kaepernick. Uh, do you think he's going to go to the Bengals? Uh, he'll go somewhere, but I don't know where. Okay, because want to talk. <laughs> Bengals to- need some help. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, know, I don't think it's Andy Dalton's fault, but I think they just—they're awful. Uh, well, they haven't scored a touchdown yet, have they? Uh, I don't think two so. Games? Not yeah. nine points in two games—that's pretty good. That's like the 49ers, you know. Yeah. How many touchdowns have the 49ers scored? I don't think they have a touchdown either. They don't. They've scored no, twelve. No, I think they didn't. They scored oh, no. really? No, no they okay. scored twelve points. Uh, yeah, it's pathetic. Their okay. offense is bad. <laughs> All right, this segment of Sports Econ One Hundred and One is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over seven and a half percent. In fact, the last distribution was eight point four percent. Nice, Not bad. Nice. Doesn't get any more conservative than that. Check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Uh, this uh, week's trivia theme is going to be football, so we'll have some more football questions for you. All Sounds right? good. Sounds pretty good. Okay, so uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, You're listening to Sports Econ 101. When we come back, we're going to go over all these articles we were just talking about. This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? 
Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Book Club Radio. Today we're chatting with Mike Papantonio, leading trial lawyer and prolific author. His latest novel, Law and Vengeance, is a nonstop, action-packed legal thriller. We spoke with him about the book and the real-life issues that inform and inspire his writing. So what, what happened with Law and Vengeance was um, we had a, a case that came in that we actually handled uh, for a couple of years where we had a, a weapons manufacturer that had created a defective gun site. But they sold a ton of them to the military and to police organizations all over the country. There is a good side and a bad side where it comes to the way that corporate America operates and that somewhere in there we have regulators and we have government entities that are making sure they play by the rules, but most of the time they aren't playing by the rules and we don't have the Department of Justice forcing them to play by the rules. On the heels of the critically acclaimed legal thriller Law and Disorder comes Law and Vengeance. The latest novel from famed trial attorney Mike Papantonio, Law and Vengeance, follows the law firm of Bergman Decatomas, who is now in the crosshairs of a weapons manufacturer. But this is not a law firm that plays by all the rules. Based on a real case, Law and Vengeance, the riveting new legal thriller by Mike Papantonio, is available wherever books are sold. The Lodge at Tiburon is steps from the ferry docks and nestled among Tiburon's upscale boutiques, charming cafes, and unique galleries. Dine at the award-winning Tiburon Tavern, serving innovative dishes prepared with ingredients grown in our very own gardens. Starting from $199 a night, join us at the Lodge at Tiburon and create long-lasting memories. For reservations, call 1-877-614-6068. Join us at the Lodge at Tiburon or go to lodgeattiburon.com. Allergies, pollen in the air, dogs in the house, mold in the basement. Whatever triggers your allergy symptoms, it can really hold you back. Break through with Allegra 5-in-1 Relief. Allegra works fast, won't make you drowsy, provides 24-hour multi-symptom relief, and it's effective every day. Break through allergies with Allegra. Starts working in one hour. Use only as directed. Guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. All right, so let's uh, start off with uh, Janikowski. Now, for those that don't know, Sebastian Janikowski, one of the premier kickers in football, has been kicking since, uh, I think, 2000. It might have been his first year when the Raiders went in a nice little run of three AFC title games in a row, went to the Super Bowl the last year. But he has been hurt in the preseason, had not been able to kick. I don't think he kicked at all. And Giorgio Torvecchio uh, from Cal, who had been a practice squad player for five years. Interesting guy. His parents are from Italy. Um, terrific college kicker, and he's a, uh, just a model of persistence, has taken over and is perfect so far. He has tried four field goals, five field goals, and he's kicked all five of them through, or maybe it's six. He kicked two in his first game of 52 yards. So Sebastian may not get his job back. Well, you know, I mean, this kid's a, and he's a left footer just like Sebastian. So Great well, kid, too. Really? Okay. Oh, he's not a kid. He's 27. Yeah, I was going to say, if he, he's, he's a rookie, years, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, kickers last a long time because they don't get yeah. hit very often. 
And Sebastian Janikowski is one of those guys who uh, looks like a football player. He weighs yeah. about 240, 250 pounds. So is he going to take the back seat then? Well, if this kid continues, if this, this Trevecchio continues to kick well, I don't see how the – I mean, the Raiders – Janikowski has earned a chance to come back, but at the same time, if this young man is – Kicking in, you know every every ball that uh, is put down on the field through the through the uprights. How can yeah. you take away that job? Well, especially when Janikowski scored toward the end of his career. Yeah, point. he is. He is. He wants a raise, though. I <laughs> I don't get that. I mean, well, I do get it. I just don't think you know he's going to get it. Yeah. Why like, should he? Well, he apparently took a pay cut. Yeah. So I know he's not happy with that. He wants he wants more money. You know, I I think actually, in all fairness, athletes that, that put in that much time. You know, I understand where they're coming from because it's it's a finite number of years, and if you're not a great player, he's a great player, but he's not. You know, kickers, even great kickers, don't make you know buku bucks. So hey, I mean, doesn't he uh, get a pension like any other company? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, the pensions are good in the NFL these days too, compared to what they were 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm not sure what it is, but depending on what you made, um, you get paid pretty well. Yeah, and they must put into the system like oh everybody. yeah yeah, okay. yeah. So, so, no so the nfl's got free a good, money i mean they've got a they yeah got, they, they have a good pension they don't have a great union their union is not nearly as strong as the nfl or the uh, major league baseball or nba or nhl though but why is that i think probably it's because they play fewer games there are more players the league owners are a lot more unified tight and group, yeah. tight-fisted yeah. and uh it's just the way it is yeah, the, the, yeah tighter group yeah maybe. Yeah. It is. The NFL owners just, uh, they work together well, and that's why they get things done. I One thing that bothers me, though, about the NFL, Edward, is the fact that they've allowed a lot of transfers of franchises. I don't think that's good for the league. I mean, you look yeah. at the number of teams. Now the Raiders are going to be moving in a couple of years to Las Vegas. How can that be good for the league? How can that be good for anybody? Uh, I mean, I, I, the only thing I could think of is instead of moving a team, you just invent a new well, you know, team. have an expansion team. Yeah. Like Houston moves to uh, – where did the Houston move to? Tennessee. Yeah. You know, the Colts moved from Baltimore to Indianapolis. Baltimore's a great, a great um, football town. Then the, the Cleveland Browns, yeah, you know, they moved to Baltimore. I mean, it's just yeah. – and the Raiders have moved. Now this is going to be their third move. Yeah, well, that's a funny it's thing. Ridiculous. Is, okay, so you have Baltimore moving to Indianapolis, and then a team moves to Baltimore. Right. Well, because everybody knew that Baltimore was a great football town, although Cleveland is probably even a better football town, but Art Modell didn't get his stadium. See, this is another thing I have a real problem with is these owners, they expect municipalities oh, yeah. and cities and surrounding counties to just cater to their needs, and they're only playing 10 times a year. Well, they're you not know? making enough money. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> not making enough money. They make so much off the television revenue, it's ridiculous. So, I wonder how much they really make off that. I, that's a good question. It was interesting, though. I was looking at the number of um, teams in the NFL that are, that are worth over $2 billion. Actually, every team in the NFL is worth over $2 billion. Even the, even the Buck. Even the Buffalo Bills, they're the lowest. They're they're two point one million. The the uh, Dallas Cowboys, I believe, are four point eight million or billion. billion. What about Uh, the Buccaneers? I mean, I'm not sure where the Buccaneers are. The the Raiders are not in the top ten. They're like nineteenth. The Forty Niners are fifth. As bad as they are, they are fifth. Now, I wonder how they how they determine. Yeah, it's a lot of you know a lot of it has to do with um, ownership, deep pockets, uh, how much. how much of the stadium they my own um, payroll? I, I don't, you know, radio rights. I'm not sure exactly how that works. It's a good question. Hmm. Be interesting to look into it. But Dallas, I think a lot of it too is is um, you know you sell a certain amount of Dallas Cowboys gear. Yeah, the league gets a certain amount of it, but the team gets a certain amount of it also. Yeah. 
Well, so. the Ra- Raiders always ha- have had good success with uh, selling their. Oh gear. yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I, guess, I think it's just a pirate thing. Yeah, it's it's part of their cult mentality. I think ever since they've been to L.A., they were actually more successful in Oakland in terms of on the field. But in L.A., they became kind of a cult team in the 1980s, yeah. and now. You know, moving to Las Vegas, I don't think is a good thing for their fans, but they'll still draw sellout crowds. So yeah, well, I mean, Las Vegas, you know, unless they're going to go to UNLV, who 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 else are they going to see? Yeah, it's interesting though. They're not going to move there till probably twenty twenty. So that begs the question: How much fan loyalty will will there be? I was at the game, the opener with the Jets this past weekend, and that place was sold out, and it, the place was going crazy. It was like the Raiders, you know, or they're here forever. I mean, Raider fans are different. They, well, you know. well, partly I think this year, too, they, they seem to have some promise. Well, yeah, they have a great, yeah. you know, their defense is much better than we thought it was going to be. And offensively, I mean, they've added Jared Cook. You've got Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. You brought in Marshawn Lynch. You've got Derek Carr, one of the best quarterbacks in the game. You've got an offensive line. You've got three pro bowlers in that offensive line. That's the key to the And Raiders. then how bad were the Jets? Or are the Jets? Awful. Awful. <laughs> I mean, the Raiders Raiders actually committed, I think, seven or eight penalties. Now, some of those were judgment calls, so they weren't you yeah. know, blatantly bad mistakes. But they, they didn't play as well as they should have, but they still won convincingly, as they should have. I wonder how a team deals with that when they, they kind of just know they're bad. Let's say the Jets. They know they're bad. They just, you know, how do you, I guess you, at some point you kind of have to be selfish and go, listen, I know I'm on a bad team, but i got to play really well just to keep my job. I think all players have to feel that way. And, and I think if you go into you know, a, a game or we, you're with a team and you have that mentality, we're a bad team, you're not going to win. You're not going to have a chance to win. So you have to have this feeling that, yeah, we know that the odds are against us, but we have just as good a chance as anybody winning on this day. And, and that's what you have to do. You know, pro athletes are like anybody else. They have their ups and downs and they have their, their confidence and their, you know, times when they begin to doubt themselves but i think generally speaking you're not going to make it to that level if you don't have confidence yeah. so and, and then in, in college there's i think there's a different kind of pride yeah you know like for your school because what was it howard that just howard university yeah, yeah. they they uh, uh they were they were the um underdog mm-hmm. and um, who did they beat was it unlv yeah, they beat somebody they beat some, pretty good. Some yeah, pretty good team, and they yeah. beat them handily. Yeah, well, Howard University has produced a lot of pro athletes. They, that's you know not a powerhouse university, but it's turned out a lot of good pro players, a lot of good where, NFL where players. Where is that? It's down south somewhere. I think it's in the Atlanta area. I believe. Okay, believe that's the thing. Yeah. They got to have these names on it. Like again, we know Stanford because it's in California. But how yeah. many people? Well, of course, California has kind of a name, you know. But like. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Clemson. Well, how many people know it's in South Carolina? Yeah, I mean Morris Brown University, where my friend yeah. George Atkinson, who played with the Raiders back in the seventies, went. I asked him. I said, "Where in the world is Morris Brown?" He goes, "It's in suburban Atlanta." Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. I figured it was some some. I was going to say Mississippi. George oh. is from the South. He liked he liked playing in the South. So okay. where's but, old Where's Old Miss from? <laughs> yeah, really. Where is Old Miss from? <laughs> Yeah, that's a great... Figure, figure, yeah, yeah. Get that one there. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's see. When we come back, uh, we're, first of all, we're going to ask a trivia question. But when we come back, I uh, want to get into a couple other things like uh, some more football, Colin, Colin Kaepernick. Mm. Um, these The ongoing things. topic. Yeah, I know. And, and it's kind of interesting with Andy Dalton going, yeah. mm, we'll, we'll have to see what goes on there. All right. So uh, first trivia question, we're talking football. What NFL team won the most games in the 1970s? Good question. 
All right. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure it was not the Green Bay Packers because they stunk. <laughs> they and, did. They had a great run in the 60s, but the 70s was not their decade. And the Buffalo Bills, same yeah. thing. Yeah. So we just knocked two of those teams out. Yep. And I don't think the Giants were very good no, either. No. No. Nor Atlanta. <laughs> nor New Orleans. That's right. Yeah, nor the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> nor the Broncos. Broncos were good no, Broncos, towards the end. Towards the, towards the end, end. They were. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were but they, yeah. were, they were not, uh, um, yeah. they didn't win the most, though. Yeah. Okay, so we already knocked off half the teams. Yeah. Okay, and the Baltimore Ravens didn't exist. I think there's one. Of, it's one of three teams. Yeah. It's got to be one of three one teams. Of three teams. Okay. All right. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 is going to be right back. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. First trivia question. 
What NFL team won the most games in the 1970s? I'm going to say it's one of three teams, either Minnesota, because they were in four Super Bowls in the 70s. Um, actually, one of them was in 69, but it was it was in 70, but it was after the 69 season. Dallas, which was in, I believe, five Super Bowls, or the Raiders. And the Raiders had probably the best. I'm going to say Dallas. You're right. Yeah, Dallas. It was Dallas. Yeah. Raiders were close, though. Yeah. I, I don't actually have the, the statistics on yeah. the numbers. I just it was just the Raiders numbers. were close. They were in the playoffs, I think, seven or eight times that decade. So, uh, but, but Dallas was in five Super Bowls. Yeah, and they only won two of them. They lost to they lost to the uh, Baltimore Colts. Baltimore Colts. I'm trying to think. They lost to Pittsburgh twice. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then of course they beat Dal- uh, beat Denver De- and, and and Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Which is funny because if I remember, that's the lowest anybody's ever scored. I think it was three points. I yeah. Think I, think, I think it was three. Yeah. It was. And then yeah. the next year they uh, won. The, they they went undefeated. Yeah. That's right. The <laughs> Dolphins. The Dolphins went to the Super Bowl three years in a row. How about that? Oh, that's right. Then they yeah. beat Washington. Beat Washington and then beat uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. And then the Raiders knocked them out of the playoffs in the famous Sea of Hands game. Oh, that's First right. round playoff game where <laughs> Kenny Stidler was falling down and hit Clarence Davis in a, amidst a group of defenders. That was a great play. I was sitting in the end zone watching that with my dad and what a, an amazing moment. Could, could you, when you look back on, uh, you know, the real, on the tapes, how does it, compared to seeing it in person? Because a lot of times oh. in person, you can't quite see everything. Now, you know, I being there in person and seeing it play like that is special. It, but I mean, really you, you actually like oh, really yeah, saw we, the we, whole we, thing. Well, we were in the second deck and we were right over the end zone. So we had a perfect view and you could see everything. And when I saw Stabler throwing the ball up, I thought, oh my God, he's going to throw an interception because there were yeah, sure. three defenders around Clarence Davis who had the worst hands. He couldn't catch. <laughs> George Atkinson used to say, he couldn't catch a cold and if he was standing naked at the North Pole. But, you know... <laughs> But uh, he made this amazing catch, and uh, it's still talked about to this day. Yeah. The, the sad thing is, for the Raiders, they win that game. They had the best record in the league, and the next week they lose to the Steelers in the finals. It wasn't that the Franco Harris? Uh, no, that, no was, that, was, that was a couple years before. But the oh. Steelers and Raiders met oh, five right. times consecutively from 72 to 76 in the playoffs, twice, uh, three times in the AFC title game. Well, at least uh, the Raiders finally won one. Cause finally they, they, won they one. Beat Minnesota in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, the Raiders had a winning record against the Steelers. If you include regular season games and playoff games in the 1970s, they won uh, oh. six and lost five. So there you go. Great, great rivalry, though. Not, not great anymore, but it was there. Yeah, that was fun. I, well, and before that, it used to be the Chiefs and the uh, Chiefs and, and the Raiders. And the Raiders yeah, yeah, back in the 60s, boy, those two teams hated each other. Now, and that's the thing is what. I guess maybe was it a couple of plays that that'll make this yeah, big yeah. ride. I know you're in yeah. same division, but if it's same division. Two teams fighting for you know the championship. Chiefs in '66 were champions of the AFL. Raiders were coming off off a, a close second, and they won in '67. The Chiefs yeah. did, and in '68 they both played each other for the Western. Con- they had a playoff game to determine who would go to the AFL championship game. So yeah, and then '69. Chiefs were right there again. The Raiders beat him in the last day of the season. So, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, great moments there. And then, of course, in 70, the famous fight where Ben Davidson speared Lenny Dawson and everybody's going crazy. And the Chiefs had run out, were going to run out the clock, and they called a penalty because of the fighting. Gave, uh, made him go for it on third down again. They didn't get the first down. Raiders got the ball back and drove down for a game-tying field goal of 48 yards by George Blanda with three seconds to go. And that was the beginning of George Blanda's little run of Miracles. He had five weeks in a row, or was it four? I think it was four weeks in a row where he either tied or won a game with his arm or his leg. 
43 years old. <laughs> that got him into the Hall of Fame. I'm convinced if he hadn't had that, he, you know, he had a great career. He played till he was 48, but that's what got him into the Hall of Fame, those, those yeah. great moments. Yeah, because yeah. he, he started off with the Houston Oilers, I think. Yeah, you know, sad yeah. thing about it. Well, he started off with the Chicago Bears, but George yeah. Hallis didn't like him and, and cut him, and he always huh. hated George Hallis. Interesting thing about George Blanda, though, um, you know, towards the end of his career, the Raiders were still pretty good, but they hadn't been to the Super Bowl. And the year they cut him was the year before they went to the Super Bowl. So he didn't ever get to go to a Super Bowl. And he played for 26, 26 years. years. Yeah, can you imagine that? <laughs> lived a long life, too. He lived to be, I think, 83. So he had a good life. He didn't have any bad after effects from football. I, you know, he took some shots, though. Yeah. I'm sure he did. Big dude. He was about 6'2, about 220. So for those years, you know, he was a big guy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going up to do an interview with him once. Uh, after a game, this is when he was his final year, and he goes, what do you want? And I said, I, I, yeah, I was kind of nervous. I said, I just want to do an interview. And he goes, okay, what do you want to know? So I, gave him, I asked a couple questions, and then I said, um, Mr. Bland, I have a special favor. He goes, ah, what is it? And I <laughs> handed him a little script I'd written. I, I asked him to give me a little promo for this radio show I was doing. And he goes, well, I can't even read this bleep and bleep writing. And he goes, give me that microphone. And he does a perfect take. And he throws the microphone at me. He goes, now get out of here, kid. You're bothering me. <laughs> and I'm walking away. And he, he goes, all of a sudden I hear this, hey, kid. I turn around. He goes, you're okay. <laughs> How old were you at the time? I was about 23. <laughs> I ran into him. It was funny. I ran into him. Gosh, it must have been about th- 20 years later, 25 years later. He was traveling with the Raiders to some game. And I ran into him in the locker room and reminded him of that story. And he laughed and he said, yeah, I was an honorary SOB. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, you know, again, as, a, as a, a fan, a lot of times you don't see these sort of things. You just sort of think he's just a, a nice guy. Well, you know, some athletes are nice people. They're just like regular people on the street. Some are nice, some are not so nice. I can tell you stories about Kirk Gibson and Jim yeah. Rice and Eddie Murray. And, you know, these guys, some of them were just jerks. Well, Kirk Gibson kind of always seemed like a jerk on TV. (laughs) Something went wrong with that guy. I mean, he was a great player. Don't get me wrong. But something was wrong with him. He had a couple of screws loose. I remember one play watching, uh, you know, highlights. And he was playing for Detroit, playing third base. And there was a pop-up. And he, he's uh, on the foul ground, and he's looking for the you know he's looking for the ball. He's getting underneath Kirk it. Kirk Gibson was playing third base, yeah. really, because yeah. he, he used to play the outfielder mostly. But uh, this was bef- probably earlier in his career. Oh, okay, because you know? I think this was the year that they won the World Series in '83. I think '84. '84. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, that's right. Had that great it was start. Baltimore in '83. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he, <laughs> so he's he's uh, looking for the ball. I think it was him. I don't think it was Pinella. Mm-hmm. It was one of those two guys. But I think I think it was Kirk Gibson, and um, and he and he bumps into the re- into the umpire because huh. the umpire, you know, he's supposed to get out of the way, yeah, right? Yeah. And and so he bumps into him and he and he draw and he loses the ball, drops right. it, and he goes in a tirade. The like, umpire probably had no reason to uh, throw him out either if he's pissed off yeah. the ump for not moving out of the way. <laughs> he threw him out anyway because yeah. he showed him up. Gibson but, was a tough sob. He was yeah. a great player, but man, he had a. He had a what we athletes like to call the red ass, huh. and if you got on his wrong side, which most most media did, he didn't like the media at all. Um, you know, you just better watch out. I had him, you know, yell at me a few times in, in the clubhouse. For what? <laughs> just for being around. You know, what are you doing down here? You know, because I used to go to the clubhouse early to get my interviews when there yeah. was nobody around because that was the time to talk to players. I remember, yeah. Chet Lemon was a really good guy, oh, yeah. one of his teammates. And he started yelling at me from across the room, and I had to stop the interview. And I said, "Who?" I didn't recognize oh. Kirk Gibson at the time. This was early in his career. And I said, who is that guy? And Chet Lemon kind of laughed. He goes, oh, that's Kirk Gibson. He's one of our younger players. He's just wound a little tight. 
I said, wound a little tight, man. <laughs> guy's going to have a conniption fit. Jeez. <laughs> Goodness. Have, have you talked to Kirk since? No. Well, no, actually I did when he was, when he was managing briefly with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, and uh, he was still a hard ass. Hadn't mellowed in time at all. Hadn't mellowed in but time he's, at all. But he's, I mean, he's married and got kids and stuff. Yeah, and... he just doesn't like the media. Some guys just don't like the media. They look at us as like annoying, buzzing flies. Get out of my, you know, they call us green. <laughs> Some of the baseball players especially, they call us green flies because we're always buzzing around. Yeah. And baseball players, I think, always have – a hard time with the media because we're around them probably more than their wife and kids. Well, I was going to say that, you know, with 162 yeah. games, that's a lot more than Yeah, and they're, it's in the heat of summer, and they're sitting around the clubhouse with nothing to do, and they're tired, and they're playing another game tomorrow, and they just finished a game that the previous night. And here comes some beat writer wanting to know, what happened on that 3-2 breaking pitch that you took for strike three? You know, they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, well, you want Same questions, too. Yeah, probably. same question. Well, yeah. I always would try to go in and ask, you know, I'd do a feature interview because I was working for some different stations. And um, the athletes, once they realized I wasn't going to put them on the spot, they really, you know, it was great. But um, Well, that's them... like here on Sports Econ 101. When, whenever we talk to potential uh, guests, we always tell them, listen, we're not, quote, Jerry Springer. Yeah. You know, we're always nice to our guests. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, it makes sense to me that way. I think yeah. some media folks don't realize that it's better to have good relations with. Yeah. You don't have to suck up to them. But Barry Bonds, yeah. for instance, I always got along with him well because I made an effort when he was a young player to get to know him. I knew he was going to be a great player. So I figured, okay, let's get an interview with him when he's young, a couple of interviews, yeah. get to know him a little bit, You know, let him know we're from the Bay Area too because you know, yeah. when he'd come into the Bay Area, I'd always say, hey, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area. I watched your dad play, and he always got yeah. a kick out. So we always got along great, but he did not like the media. Did not like the media. Always at liked all. his dad. Yeah, yeah. his dad was a hard ass though. Once you got to know his dad and got to know him well, he was a great guy. But he had some demons. Yeah. Well, it's always weird because you know, again, I, I still remember his baseball card that I have. You yeah. know, it's just it's this kind of a nice little sweet smile. <laughs> yeah, he was not a sweet guy. You know, the interesting thing about him: a great power hitter, not a great average hitter, not a high average yeah. hitter. And he struck out a lot. Yeah, but he could run. He had speed, and he could throw, and he, he could do everything except for hit for average. And d- d- did he and Mays get along pretty well? Oh, Willie was like a father to him, yeah. you know. And Willie and Bobby and Barry were like, you know, it was like the father and the grandfather and the son. Yeah, that's sweet. Barry still, you know, just idolizes Willie Mays, sure. and Mays just treats him like his, you know, special grandson. Well, he should. I mean, yeah. Willie Mays is an idolized type. I mean, no. he's only the baseball, the best baseball player who ever lived. Saw him at the ballpark <laughs> the other day. He's not a sweet, you know, friendly guy like Willie McCovey, but once you get to know yeah. Willie Mays, you know, he's 86 years old now, yeah. uh-huh. and he's still doing okay. His mind is sharp. You know, he gets around. His his vision's pretty much shot. He, he can't see. you got to introduce me sometime. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. Okay. Here we go with our second trivia question. Uh, what NFL team has the most Super Bowl losses? Oh, that's an easy one. Okay, well, that's all right. Actually, there's two of them. Well, but no, there's only... No, there's two. There's two. Well, um, okay, well, we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to go through this. Yeah, we'll have to go through it. Okay? All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know Four, you know four losses. I'll tell you, it was four losses. Two teams have four losses each. Well, then, and then, no then, wins. Then, then you will tell us when yeah. we get back. Okay. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. It's going to be right back.
Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 hi sports econ 101 listeners i'm edward brown you know me as the host of the show but you may not know that i work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around don't be fooled by the ads you hear on tv and radio it's always best to work with someone who's completely independent that's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com, your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent. So email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Nobody wants to get ripped off, broken into, or robbed, but nobody wants to pay a lot of money to have their home protected either. I've got an offer to tell you about to provide home security for your home for a simple rate as low as $19.99 a month. For real, with no installation or equipment charges. And this is from a company rated number one by a leading consumer research company. According to the facts, most of you won't even call unless there's a burglary in your neighborhood or something bad happens. So let's give you a reason. Save money. For as low as $19.99 a month with no other costs, you can get your home secured. Plus, get a lifetime equipment replacement warranty. You need protection for your home. Call the Home Security Hotline right now. Call 800-587-4281. 800-587-4281. Call now. That's 800-587-4281. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Easy question. What NFL team has the most Super Bowl losses? Well, the Minnesota Vikings lost four in the 70s. That's and correct. the Buffalo Bills lost four in the 90s. So it's correct. those two teams. That's incorrect, though. There's one other team? You forgot about the Patriots. They the, lost They lost four. Oh, that's true. They did. They've yeah. lost uh, to two. To Chicago, to Green Bay. Green Bay. And then um, they've lost two with Tom Brady. He's won five. Yeah, that's right. And He's then won, the what has he won, four of them, or has he won five? Uh, he finally won five. Uh, or did he win six? I'm trying Jeez, to remember I can't now, remember. I, remember I, think he finally I can't keep five. track of yeah. all their wins. <laughs> but who They're lost? not going to win it this year, by the way. But No, no, no not. I don't think so. But you, you forgot. Who lost five Super Bowls? Come on. 
That don't have a clue. Denver Broncos. Oh, the Denver Broncos, yeah. of course. They've won only two. That's right. Yeah, the first year, I guess, was with Craig Morton in 77. Yeah. Orange so Crush. they're the team. That's yeah. the team. Okay. 86, 87, 89, and, I, and 2013. Yeah, John Elway couldn't break through the few, first few times. Yeah. He got blistered. The Giants, the, the 49ers, you know. Yeah. They, uh, Washington Redskins. Washington Redskins. Do you think he... You know, it's a, he he definitely solidified his Hall of Fame oh, yeah. by winning. Winning too, uh, yeah. But uh, if he hadn't, I don't think I think he would have gotten I think he in. Still would have gotten in. Yeah, it was interesting. I was at the Niners uh, Super Bowl win where they beat him fifty-five to ten. Most yeah. I think it was the most one-sided Super Bowl. Yeah. And he threw his first pass. You could tell he right from the beginning that he was spooked. He threw his first pass at a wide open receiver, threw it into the ground, and everybody, all the people in the press row upstairs, were like. Oh man, he's in for a rough day. You know, it's and it's seriously the uh, when Seattle recently beat uh, Denver, right? And the first score was a safety, and you mm-hmm. can say same thing. Peyton Manning, you just said he just he knew he was going to lose. Yeah, and sometimes you can tell early in a game when it. And I mean, sometimes obviously the the matchup favors. <clears throat> excuse me, favors one team, but uh, boy, well. yeah. All right, so uh, looking at this, uh, Colin Kaepernick to the Bengals. What do you think? Well, I thought he was going to go to Seattle. Uh, Seattle was kind of interested in him. They took a flyer on him, but they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't sign him. Uh, you know, he's better than a lot of the backup quarterbacks. A lot yeah. of people don't want to bring him in because of the fact that he's kind of one-dimensional. And also, I think one of the things about him, unfortunately, you bring along some baggage, which creates a little negative public furor. So teams are not going to bring him in until I think maybe mid-season. But I think you know, with all the injuries in the NFL and the dearth of quarterbacks out there, I think, you know, he'll probably find a job. I'd, I'd love to see the 49ers get him back again. I mean, oh, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, you know. Well, so here's the interesting thing is, uh, you know, reading some comments, um, you know, just Yahoo Sports, and a lot of people, you know, saying, uh, don't bring that commie back in. You know, <laughs> you, you know, I'll stop watching football and everyone should boycott football. You know, football that, that's no reason not to bring a guy back because he has unpopular political views. Well, I, I, I wonder. Not, I mean, though. if he if he said something really incendiary, that would be something else. But the guy kneeled down for the national anthem for Crown. That's not that big a deal. No, that part isn't. But I I think it's the other stuff. You know, wearing a Castro T shirt and just oh, I mean, yeah. it, it seems like it's it has it, it didn't just stop at the kneeling. Well, um, the media made a big deal about oh, all yeah, that stuff. They did. The media, but the thing yeah. is, other, here here's what I'm just kind of getting at on right. this is that you know I think a, a lot of owners. If they look and they go, you know, are people going to boycott our team? I mean, well, that's how, much, that's, how much is this going to cost us? That's a good us? point. That's a good point. Yeah. I think a lot of owners are afraid. Um, and most most uh, pro football owners are conservative politically, but that's beside the point. I think they're looking at the bottom line. If yeah. Colin Kaepernick was going to bring in dollars for the, you know, bring in more fans, they'd sign him in a heartbeat. Exactly. But and I, I think, and I, and I, yeah. don't th- I don't think that the teammates would give him a heart. No, I mean, I some people think, have supported. Yeah, and some some of the players are are doing what he's do, what he did yeah, already. Seventy eight percent of the league is African American, and a lot of African Americans support him. Some yeah. don't, but you know, but, you I mean, have some, a, but some people are already do the kneeling and, yeah, and all that oh, kind yeah, of stuff. Marshall John Lynch, you know, the Raiders does his little thing, but he doesn't explain why he does it. Okay, it's funny, he he actually did an interview the other day after the game, and the mics got too close. He goes, get those mics out of my face. He, like, pushed them away. He, but but he did, did he do more than just, yeah. No, oh, he, actually, he actually talked a little bit, but it wasn't, uh, there was nothing re- very revealing. Okay. And I think it was because it was the home opener, you know, okay. he wanted to. But but, but, but some of the you know so there's other players who are kneeling for you know the yeah, same reason sure. but they're not getting the same you know well he was the first one he was yeah. the first one yeah so 
if 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 of course you remember this, uh, you know Muhammad Ali, right? Right. He changes his name from Cassius Clay. Right. He goes against the Vietnam War. He actually gets thrown in jail because of it. Well, he he they didn't actually throw him in jail, but they threatened to. They, they threatened. T- to. They okay. took his they took his boxing, boxing license. Away, right. Yeah. Okay. Took three so, years out of his life. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, uh, gee, uh, kind of an important time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Height out right of his career. The, you know, the, the height yeah. of his career. Yeah, yeah. Right after the Olympics. And all yeah. That. So then, you know, if you think about it, you know, he was definitely a politicized um, figure. Figure, yeah. But look what ended up happening with him. Yeah, he becomes an iconic figure. I don't think Colin Kaepernick, unfortunately for him, is going to yeah, be that kind of guy because yeah, he's not. You know, if he had won a Super Bowl, you know, maybe who knows? I, yeah, he's an interesting point. character. He's an interesting player. Last year, you look at his numbers; he had 16 touchdowns. Through four interceptions, won the Eshmon Award, which is given to the 49er player who is voted by his teammates as the, you know, the most inspirational player. So he wasn't a distraction. Mm-hmm. But I think the 49ers, with new a new coach and a new general manager, wanted to go in a different direction. I, I just yeah. think Brian Hoyer, come on, yeah. you can do better than that. Yeah. No, no disrespect to Brian Hoyer. You know, he's in the pros and he he's an NFL player, but he's he's average at best. Yeah, you know, it's like having Josh McCown out there. Who? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if I'll bet if Colin Kaepernick got his hair cut, though, and looked a little bit more like he used to, that would probably help. Well, you know, it's funny. He now is more talkative than ever. He's more likable and talk, talkative to the media before. You know, he'd, he'd give you these monosyllabic answers. And a lot of it was because of Jim Harbaugh said, don't trust the media. Yeah. Harbaugh schooled yeah. him, you know, and, and as soon as Harbaugh left, he opened up and became much more uh, forthcoming. But, but he's got to get rid of the Coco Crisp haircut. <laughs> Coco Crisp haircut. <laughs> I don't know if he still has it. He may. Or, or uh, Oscar Gamble. Yeah. Right? I don't know what he's doing these days. You know, he's he's probably involved in, you know, whatever he's involved with, but he's not uh, trying out with anybody. But I, I guarantee you somebody will take a flyer on him and bring him in. Well, they get, when they get desperate enough. Sure, because teams are shorthanded. There's only 32 teams. There's 64 quarterbacks, including the backups. You know, if you want to include your third string, I mean, he, he's good enough to play as a backup. There's no question. He's better than half the backups out there. Anyway. Okay, so uh, moving on to, uh, I don't know if you saw this photo in uh, on Yahoo Sports. You have to check it out. So these five kids, they um, post of a photo of them wearing white hoods like the KKK, burning a cross and holding a Confederate flag. And the media, you know, obviously picks it up and they end up getting kicked. It turns out they're football players. They get kicked off. High school players. High school. I'm sorry. High school football players. They get kicked off the uh, team. team, Yeah. uh, Not out of school. Right. And so it's really kind of interesting. You know, some people were kind of going, okay, well, you know, First Amendment rights. Other people, you know, hate speech, which, by the way, apparently the Supreme Court has never – there is no such thing as hate speech, mm. you know, from a, from a legal standpoint. Right, you know? right. Yeah, you because can say whatever you, you want. You say whatever you want, yeah. right. Um, and, and I thought – actually, looking at some of these reactions from people who wrote in, I thought this was really kind of interesting. It's okay, so this one guy says, I'm black and I want – people to exercise their freedom of speech expression even if they burn crosses i just want them to do it without the hood so we know who they are (laughs) (laughs) good point okay yeah i think anybody who hides behind a hood or a mask is a coward yeah it's like you know well and isis does that too oh yeah Yeah. well you know and these guys that show up these anarchists that show up at rallies rallies, yeah the extreme extreme uh, left that they're just nuts well, one thing I thought was really kind of cool was the um, one of the parents of the student, of one of the students, excuse me, um, whose son was in the photo. Right. 
hand-delivered a, a note to the newspaper, sincerely, sincerely apologizing for the strife that's caused the community. Uh, it says, in no way reflects the re- family values. Our family has strong beliefs that all individuals are created equal in God's eyes. And they also um, supported the decision to remove their son from the football team. Interesting. You know, what Which, What kind of, I don't mean to, to knock the parents, but I would have to say, a kid does that, where do they learn that kind of behavior? You know, it could be just getting attention. Maybe um, it's getting attention. You know, but, I mean, either way, thing, yeah. either whether it's racist or whether they learn it at home or whether they're getting it, something is going, I mean... I don't want to condemn the parents without knowing all the information, but at the same time, when your kid does that, yeah. you're not on top of it enough to know that your kid is doing that kind of stuff. Well, but I, I, I appreciate the parents finally yeah. stepping in and oh, doing do some too. real discipline. That's good. That. And, so, and, right, it's kind of like, you know, the horse is out of the barn, though. True, <laughs> you know? true. and hopefully the kid will learn and, and change well, from yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, they're young kids, so what, a 17 or 18 years old. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, but also, it, it's interesting because, you know, on the one hand, you say, okay, freedom of, of speech and, you know, freedom of expression – um, but you know, football players get fined for doing. You know, and professional football players get their pay cut and suspensions for do- like here uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, potentially, you know, getting the uh, the fine and the right. uh, and suspension because of something that has nothing to do with football, right? right? And so here, are these kids, they're also going to be held to a standard that says, "Hey, listen, you got to support our." team mm-hmm. it's motto basically you know that we're not into this kind of stuff yeah but uh, but i i kind of I, I sort of appreciated the fact of being kicked off the team but not out of school yeah you know well, no i mean they shouldn't be kicked out of school that's that's a little extreme but yeah i mean it's it's a fine line between saying something that's really uh on your mind and your heart and saying something that's just destructive and negative yeah. and hateful. Well, and, and here's one of the things is that because it wasn't specifically targeted, mm. like, in fact, one of the, the quarterback is black, mm. but they're not, they weren't targeting any specific person. I wonder right? how he felt about that. He, he said he was disappointed. <laughs> disappointed, uh, disappointed, yeah. Disappointed, you, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, my teammates are walking around with hoods and Confederate flags. Like, yeah. And the funny thing is, I don't even know how many of these guys, like, know their history enough. You know, they, I, they, you know, they I hate to say it. I, this is going to sound really negative, but I a lot of people today, a lot of young people today, are ignorant of their own country's history. Just the basics. You ask somebody to exp- explain what Gettysburg was, or the Gettysburg Address, or <laughs> the battleship Maine, you know, or the Great Depression. A lot of people, what? Yeah, but of course they can tell you what Jay Z said last <laughs> week. You know, <laughs> I mean, well, it's you know, it's the instant information age. We, we're only interested in what's going on now. Boom, 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 boom. And how many people know what a score is when you yeah. say four score? Well, and also, hey, there's a, you know that term. I didn't realize this, but that's a term. That's a criminal term for taking down, like if you go in and steal money out of a bank, you're 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 taking down scores. I didn't I didn't realize that until recently. Huh? But four score in seven years. Ago, four score. It, well, it, a score is yeah twenty is, years. Yeah, twenty years. Yeah, yeah. a score is twenty years. Yeah, uh, that's how you can remember uh, that eighteen sixty three was Gettysburg Address. Four yeah. score in seven, and you yeah. go back to eighteen seventy or seventeen seventy six, and add eighty three yeah. years, and there you go. Yeah, you know it's interesting that not to get off on a tangent yeah. about that, but Lincoln spoke for about I think three minutes, and, yeah. and he could barely be heard. He had, he didn't have a real strong voice. He kind of had a high, thin, ratty voice. Oh, was that, oh, was that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. so they said. There was a in those days they had um, like what were called or, orators who oh. had these big booming stentorian voices and they had a guy who was probably the most famous of his time named Edward Everett Jones I believe and he um, spoke for an hour and a half 
and gave this incredible speech. And then afterwards, after Lincoln spoke, he said, I only wish I had been able to consolidate my words into, you know, the minute and a half that you gave it because you, your, your point was much more well taken than what uh, I said. Well, I, I like what he said, too. I think it was uh, Stephen Douglas uh, when they were doing a debate. And uh, Stephen Douglas accused him of being two-faced. And, and Lincoln said, if I was two-faced, you think I'd be wearing this one? <laughs> <laughs> he was not quite the attractive man. No, he wasn't, yeah. <laughs> That's why he grew the And you ever, you ever look at pictures of Lincoln before he became president and after, uh, towards the end? I mean, yeah. the awesome duties and responsibilities of the presidency just wear you down. Look at oh, the presidents. Look at yeah. the guys today. The only guy who, you know, he looks old because he is old is uh, uh, Jimmy Carter. Oh, yeah, he was only gosh. in office four years. But look at Clinton. Look at the Bushes. Yeah, exactly. Look at uh, even, Obama's even Obama. Obama yeah. Old, yeah. yeah, he looks tired. All right, so here's our third trivia question. <clears throat> what player holds the record, talking football here, for the most interceptions returned for a touchdown in a single Super Bowl game? Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. What player holds the record for the most interceptions returned for a touchdown in hmm. a single Super Bowl game? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 is going to be right back. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. 
you only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Third and final trivia question about football. What player holds the record for the most interceptions returned for a touchdown in a single Super Bowl game? Well, it's got to be two, but I can't, you know, and I should know and this. The answer's two. And it's funny because I was thinking... Okay, was it fairly recent? Um... Last twenty in the, la- in the last seventy years. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Last twenty years? Uh, yes. Yeah, and it's funny because I was thinking, I'm all wait a minute, Desmond gotta, Howard, but I go, no, no, that was uh, he. That was got to be in a kickoff. blowout. You know, one of the blowout games. Um, no, gotta I think be, it was no? really a blowout. Right, I, I have, I have, let's put it this way: you were not happy about the Super Bowl. I wasn't happy about you the Super Bowl. You were not happy about the Super Me Bowl. Me personally, you personally. So who, oh, you know who it was? It was against the Raiders, yes. the Tampa, and I yes. think it was. Was it John Lynch? No. Dwight, Dwight Smith. Dwight Smith. Smith, yeah. Wow. I, I no. don't remember him personally, but, no. uh, yeah, I was very disappointed with that Bucks uh, raiders oh. game myself. Uh, the Ra- you know what hurt the Raiders then was Barrett Robbins, their all-pro center, oh, had yeah. a substance abuse problem, and he went AWOL the night before the game and showed up for the team meeting um, in the breakfast room and was hung over or on drugs or whatever, and... They couldn't play him. It was just the pressure gets to you at that point. Yeah, I don't know. He had been on the straight and narrow for so long. He was a really good guy, but he had this substance abuse problem. Boy, you talk about a guy that went downhill from that point on, and then he straightened his life out. And from what I understand, he's doing very well now. Which you know, but now he's too old to play football. Too old to play football. Okay, here we go. We're going to cut out. uh, Here's our thoughts for the day. Thoughts for the day. Thoughts for today. Okay, you're going to like this. All right. Falling down is how we grow. Staying down is how we die. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. And those who, are said, who said that? Um, I just said it now, but I don't know. I don't you remember. said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you it. said it. I like that. And uh, Milton Berle said this one. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Oh, I like that I one. I like that. Milton That's a from Milton Berle. I used to love that show yeah. when I was a kid. Do you remember the Milton Berle show? Of course I do. That was back in the 50s. Well, I don't remember that. I was born then, but I remember the 60s. You, he you kept w- it going. Did he keep it going? Yeah, I never wa- I never watched that show. Yeah, it's no. funny. I like really? Milton Berle. No, I, I never watched uh, Jackie, Jackie Gleason's yeah, show. I, I, didn't watch, I didn't watch those variety shows. Really? Oh, never I did. Like never okay. did. Ed Sullivan and lot. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.